Opinionated Marketers, a podcast from Cambridge Marketing College. Hello and welcome to Opinionated Marketers with Charles Nixon and me, Kieran Kapoor. Charles, you've been um, looking at prices of EV vehicles, I understand. Well, not actually looking at the prices per se, as in reading an article about them. I've already got one and I'm very happy with it. (laughs) But the element of uh, changing government policy, uh, together with um, some very interesting economics, have uh, brought about a situation where uh, manufacturers are now discounting the cars um, almost like they used to do on the basis of a mature marketplace for petrol cars. Um, the report that I was reading was saying basically between 10 and up to 20% of um, the price can be discounted now um, from the forecourt, um, which is quite an interesting scenario, seeing as we have a, a fairly modern technology uh, entering the marketplace. Admittedly, it has now crossed the chasm, um, but is in a period of high growth. Um, and yet we are now getting a position where um, uh, manufacturers are discounting in order to uh, maintain production. And I think it's a very interesting aspect because it's the latter that rather than uh, necessarily uh, the issue of trying to gain as much market share as possible, though there is an element of that. Um, Certainly from the point of view of Tesla, um, maintaining the lead is very, very important from their perspective. So they have cut their car prices by about 10%. Um, recently, and they have previously cut their car prices as well. So um, there's about a million Teslas on the road now in Europe. Um, uh, Most of the other manufacturers who have gradually ranked up uh, um, the production are now having to discount their prices as well um, for several reasons, but one of which is actually government legislation because uh, the slowly peddling back on the date at which uh, petrol cars will be sold um, by five years in the UK um, has meant that there is a a slight hiatus in the purchasing or conversion from petrol cars to electric cars in the marketplace. The argument uh, in the press has often been that the EVs were too expensive. um, And that certainly is true that they are expensive. But there are some fairly mainstream cars at mainstream prices now. But of course, the headline price of a petrol or indeed a diesel car um, is not what you pay on the forecourt. You pay a discounted price as to whatever it is that you'd be able to negotiate. That wasn't the case for EVs. It now is. So they're entering, um, I think, I would say probably the mass marketplace, um, even though the growth is still significant. Um, So from a pricing perspective, we have an oversupply, whereas uh, manufacturers have got to continue to fill their capacities um, and uh, yet a um, a price discount or a price war. Um, A very interesting economic time. And certainly from marketers perspective, uh, it's one to watch as to see how new ideas come out in terms of um, the way in which they market them. It is interesting because you mentioned crossing the chasm, so we should probably briefly explain that's the diffusion of innovation, that a a product starts at the beginning with only very early adopters. And we discussed heat pumps a couple of weeks ago um, with some heat from my side. um, about, And they are at the early stage in the UK of adoption. Um, And then you have to get into a more more mass market. You get more and more people to uh, buy and you end up with this bell-shaped curve of the product life cycle. Um, And there is this chasm and the chasm is all these bright technologies that do uh, that may be very good don't always go further into the mass market. Um, There are lots and lots of examples of that happening. Sometimes it's the the poorer 
um, technological thing goes through the chasm because it's the one that rec that people recognise and, and want to want to go with. So um, cars do seem to have crossed the chasm. It's interesting because they are still at the stage where people are worried about. There's still rage and anxiety. There's still concern about you know if I go on a long journey, will I be able to top up the car, etc. And I know because you've been a, a, a electric car driver for a while that actually you people overstate that in the way perhaps they overstate the noise of heat pumps <laughs> very case, possibly <laughs> yeah yeah i, I mean I, it's the same of everything that's new there's always a lot of fear uh, as as well as there is excitement um and um the fear of the unknown is something that is always a problem in marketing any new product um the reason why i think tesla i mean more successful than anyone else is because they created their own infrastructure so you have no real fear um as to where you're going to charge up um, the availability of charging places and the speed at which they charge. Um, the weekend, I was able to actually uh, go to a supercharger um, in rugby and it charged up at over 700 miles an hour. Um, now, that's a pretty um, amazing piece of infrastructure that's been put in, um, whereas everyone else is actually hunting around to find something that will probably charge up at 200 miles an hour um, and they pay probably twice the price for it. Um, so uh, a different business model um, uh, in terms of Tesla, because it's not only decided to sell the product, but it's also decided to make money out of the infrastructure of servicing that product, um, which is a very clever move. Um, uh, Ford tried to get into it before uh, the pandemic, um, or indeed, sorry, uh, before the um, financial crash. Um, whereas, uh, you know, you think about the amount of cars that you can sell, versus the amount of cars that are actually in existence. And there's more money to be had in servicing the ones in existence than there is perhaps from necessarily selling new ones. Um, anyway, leaving that bit aside, the, the element here, I think, is that um, we, we now have some very interesting potential uh, pricing scenarios, um, one of which is the rental of um, electric trucks, which is now being offered by Scania um, per um, uh, journey. So their problem with electric trucks um, is that uh, there is a much uh, poorer infrastructure because when you think about a, a HGV having to charge up, that's a hell of a battery. Um, and the result of which is that if you are on a long journey with a long load, uh, you've got to plan your load um, uh, route very, very uh, carefully. So they're now offering the ability to rent those trucks just for the individual journey um, and including the use of the infrastructure. Um, so I think that's possibly a way in which we might start to look at the the use of uh, mobility uh, rather than necessarily the consideration of just owning a car. That's quite an interesting one. And it, it does fit in a much more environmental view. There's been a push for a long time, don't own an electric drill, hire one because you, you, one doesn't use an electric drill very often, et cetera, et cetera. So it fits in very well. But to come back to your point about the um, electric cars and the pricing, it is a very interesting time because they're almost being pushed into um, what we would think is sort of further over the curve pricing to try and penetrate the market, um, perhaps a little bit earlier than they might have expected. Uh, yes, I think mar marketplace has taken a long time to be convinced as the marketplace becomes convinced or has been pushed to be uh, into that market by legislation. It has tipped to a very high point very quickly. Um, and uh, we are in a, um, a, a quasi artificial marketplace because of government legislation. So uh, when you look at the, the penetration of the automobile at the beginning of the last century, 
um, you would have expected it to take decades to get to anywhere near the penetration that um, we have at the moment for electric vehicles. Um, now we're doing it in a matter of uh, years um, and mm. soon, uh, as we get closer and closer to 2035, that will be in months. Um, so uh, uh, an interesting market to manage for electric car companies. So from a marketing perspective, what do you do? You advertise that they are now cheaper. Do you concentrate on, the, on removing the concerns that people have about range anxiety and other things? Or do you start, I mean, the other thing we're starting to get is the problem with secondhand electric cars and the issues of batteries and how they're going to recycle the batteries. And I know there's some discussion in the consumer press about how that's actually going to affect people's views, because we just assume that going electric is going to be environmental, but maybe it isn't. I, th I think the aspect of um, what do you do at the end of a car's life is going to be an interesting one. Um, most uh, electric batteries, as far as I know, are guaranteed for eight years, which means that your average life of your car is much longer than it was for a petrol. Um, you're looking at you know, most people changing their cars every three to five years. Well, here there's no need to change the car because the car just updates in software terms. And as long as the model design doesn't necessarily change, there's unlikely any need to change the car. Um, that is a bigger um, mindset change, I think, um, than the issue of recycling the battery. Because I think by the time we get to the, that point, there will be sufficient demand that, uh, that someone will have cracked how to recharge the batteries and reuse them. Um, certainly at the moment, uh, there's new battery technology potentially coming into the marketplace as there will be with any new technology. Um, Toyota is now talking about a solid state battery, which is on the verge of being able to mass produce. So that would change the game completely significantly. You'd have much longer range batteries and batteries that would last a much longer time. Um, but the recycling point is an important one. They've got to be recycled. They've got to be recycled effectively. But I suspect that uh, that will be tackled by the time the mass marketplace achieves that sort of eight-year point. So interesting times for, for marketers in EVs and cars generally, because what do you do? Do you sell your EV, concentrate on the EV side? Do you still try to sell um, petrol cars? I mean, in the UK, you can still drive and buy a petrol car up to 2035. That's longer than most people are going to be driving a car. Yes, said. indeed. And this is why you know, doing this type of what we call macro uh, pestle analysis is really important because uh, we've just had a cabinet reshuffle um, and you think, okay, what the heck has <laughs> that got to do with EV cars? Well, it's quite an interesting one because next year there will be a general election. If Labour make the majority in Parliament, they've already said that they will revert back to the 2030. Um, if that's the case, then there'll be a scramble for more cars because people will have a five-year shortened horizon. And that you know, means that from what will be 26 years to go, um, many people will start to think about the next car that they're going to buy and they should be buying an electric car. So the demand should go back up again if you're marketing EVs. So uh, it really is a case of watch this political space. Like and subscribe to this feed for more podcast content from Cambridge Marketing College.